Anyway, are you enjoying the sunshine? I am. I'm enjoying it very much. I'm not enjoying that I have allergies to spring here, but apart from that, I'm really enjoying it. You mean here, just in Spain? You never, you don't have allergies. I've had them before. Oh, okay. Yeah, apparently, I'm allergic to the pollen that comes off the pines that grow on the island. Mm, did a doctor tell you this? <laughs> yes, because I would thought like I thought there was something really wrong with me because I was like. I feel like I have a cold nonstop. Like I'm sniffling, I'm like crying. I'm like, and they're like, no, that's allergies. It's not a cold. <laughs> oh no, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, how are you feeling? I'm so tired. What about you? I want this week to be over. <laughs> I mean, I don't really wish I, I wish away my life, but I'm just kind of like done. I'm like taking my top off. I'm like, Vienna, no, you are in public. <laughs> Well, nobody, it's just me. Nobody else can do, but <laughs> um, why yeah. do you want this particular week to be over? What's because it felt like hard work. Existing has felt like hard work this week. And I don't enjoy that. I want it to be fun and happy and playful and joyful and nice. I want to shoot myself and other people's brains out (laughs) Mm. that was a bit dramatic but you know I hear you um this week has yeah it has felt hard but I can also feel the change coming I can feel this is like the the last hurrah (laughs) like this built up and it's trying to find it find the the door out um and and yeah i i can feel it i can feel like okay come on come on out out you go yes <laughs> but then life is cyclical isn't it so it's going to come back anyway yeah, <laughs> it always does all the times let's talk about hair you're getting a haircut i can't stop picking on my hair because it's growing and it probably needs a haircut I love how you're like picking at your split ends and you're like, let's talk about hair. Exactly. Uh, Yeah, I am getting, well, I'm not getting a haircut, actually. I'm getting my hair dyed. Um, Oh, what are you doing? Oh, it's just basically my my color here. This is my natural color, the the top of it, you know. Uh, Mm -hmm. I know people people can't see us, but I'm just showing my roots on video. Um, and actually, I can't see what she's talking about. It all looks the same to me. Oh, no, but down here, you can't see it on video. In person, you can see it. Mm-hmm. I have, like, lighter bits in my hair. Okay. It looks really weird. And I don't know why, because I haven't dyed it in ages, in years. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure why those lighter bits are there. I think it's sun. Sun? Yeah. It, it's That's sunshine, fun. and it's also... um some genes because my mom actually has ginger hair okay um my dad has black hair and my mom has ginger hair and I think I have like something mixed in there and it looks really irregular and I don't like it so I just wanted like one color my 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 color that's Mm -hmm. up here at the top of my head I'm like I want everything to be the same color um and so that's basically what I'm doing very boring but it makes me feel better I have a question. Why do you go to a hairdresser over doing it yourself? Oh, I have also done this myself a few times um, Mm -hmm. in the last three years, especially with like lockdowns and stuff. I've just gotten like some color, some darker brown color and done it myself. However, I feel like it never comes out properly, like even Mm -hmm. and like really like because when you apply it yourself you know it's like a bit messy I don't know if you've ever done it and I'm I'm not good with stuff like that some people are like really really great doing this stuff themselves and I'm just not good um with that myself and I thought like I'm gonna treat myself I I haven't had my hair dyed at a salon in years like um Maybe the last time was like 10 years ago when I did like balayage and stuff like that. I haven't done that in ages. Um, And so I was like, I'm going to treat myself today. I'm going to let a professional evenly uh, dye dye my hair. Um, Because hair is like this weird, 
it's such a personal thing like isn't it whoever you speak to is like very even when people tell you oh no but your hair looks good or it's cool like this it's still like about how you feel with it yeah. it's so personal I really love this concept that the North American Indians have who hold their hair as really precious. Mm -hmm. And they say that your power lives in your hair, which is why they don't cut their hair. They just mm -hmm. let it grow and never cut it. And then when the Americans came and they drafted them into to join the army for the, I guess it must have been the Second World War, they, because of part of the... um what's the word, military um, look, they cut all their hair yeah, and they noticed that these American Indians who used to be incredible warriors and would be able to shoot straight and do all sorts of things lost all of their abilities when their hair was cut. And so you don't know if it's psychological, like it's if it's based on a belief system or if it's really like the power is held in their hair, but I really like it. And I think hair is such a meaningful thing because it, carries and holds all of our memories from the time that it's been on our head so I have it with this weird thing when I'm going through often when I have like a big breakup is when I cut my hair really short so I have like long hair and then when a breakup happens I cut it really short and then I let it grow again yes yeah, some people in like cultures and religions do that when they grieve as well when someone dies and stuff mm -hmm. they they cut their hair as a sign of grief what do you mean it holds our memories? It carries all of the memories in, in the strands of hair. Who like says that? Stuff. I think it's just science. Is it? Wait, let me Google it. I've never heard this science. <laughs> I've never heard. Does hair, hair, I can't type, carry, mem oh my gosh, it comes up like at the top on Google. Yeah. Okay, this is what Google said, says. Hair holds emotional weight and memory so much that cutting it off can be a form of letting go of those memories that hold trauma and a tool of empowerment. Recently, the therapeutic chop has been trending on social media. Of course it has. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, studying the beginning of cutting hair, but anyway. Um, but studies have shown that cutting one's hair especially when going through a traumatic life change, can provide a sense of control and emotional release. Um, interesting. Mm -hmm. um, does hair have growth memory? Okay, these are the articles. I have never... Oh, here's another thing that says, no, hair doesn't hold any memories. <laughs> um, interesting, interesting. I've never heard that before. Mm. Um but it makes sense that a lot of people, when there's a big change, they do something to their hair. That's interesting. Mm. I guess it's the easiest and quickest thing you can change on your body is your hair. I guess so. Yeah. Um, man, it's it's kind of interesting because I do, for example, if I have, when I have short hair and I've cut my hair or, or I've had really terrible haircuts where it was too short, I felt like I'm not myself without the hair and then equally it's I struggle with the concept of like well I shouldn't really be defined by my hair it's hair right and there's people who lose their hair because of whatever whether that's genes or disease and it's and I know from people that it's like really it's really really hard to let go of your hair mm -hmm. a weird thing I wonder if it's yeah, if it's innate in us, if it's natural, or if it's the beauty standards around us that make us feel like, oh no, like I need, I need long hair, or I need like, or maybe it's both. Yeah, that's a hard one because traditionally nobody cut their hair, not men or women. Hmm. We all just had long hair, and it grew however long it grew based on its own capacities and the mineral content of your body and whatever else, and that was it. And nobody really cut their hair until I think the 18th century or something. Yeah. Like animals, basically. You just let your fur grow. Yeah. Yeah. So interesting. My hair. But anyway, we'll, I guess we'll talk about beauty today and hair. Yes. Let's talk about beauty and hair. 
and all the all the things surrounding beauty. I just stopped, uh, stopped. I finished reading this amazing book. Mm -hmm. um, it's called Ugly by Anita Bagwandas. I hope I didn't butcher her name. Uh, my friend gave it to me because um, Anita is her friend. She wrote it and she was like, oh, you have to read it. And it was really heartbreaking. <laughs> yeah. Really heartbreaking read to kind of see how beauty standards have changed over thousands of years and mm -hmm. why they have changed, like who is responsible for the changes and how you just can never keep up. I feel like this is the third time I'm mentioning this book on this podcast. Though. <laughs> At least the second anyway. That's something <laughs> interesting, like the concept of how you can't keep up. Mm -hmm. Something that really annoys me about myself is, and it's like partly ego, partly society, partly whatever else, um, is this feeling like it's it's never enough, like never beautiful enough, never perfect enough, never fashionable enough, whatever it is, it's just never enough. And... I have the self-awareness and I like have the ability to neck, not care. And at the same time, I still feel this urge of like, oh, you know, if only I was more perfect in all the ways. And it drives me insane because I actually know that that doesn't give me anything. That's an illusion that that's going to give me things that I want, which is like happiness and connection and love and meaning and purpose. <laughs> They have nothing to do with how I look and how perfect I am. But I think this is something we all struggle with in our society here and now is this race, this this race that no one can ever win. Mm -mm. And it's like, when are, what is perfect? Yeah. What is the most beautiful? What is that? What does that mean? When do you reach that? Because there's so many different kinds of beauty there's so many different people in the world um what what does that mean perfect and the most beautiful because these standards always 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 change yeah it's like yeah. a moving target have you growing up and stuff have you always felt beautiful whatever that means to you whatever that meant when you were growing up was that was that a thing on your mind was that something that you didn't even pay attention to or was there a moment where you remember you were aware of how you look and how you have to, or how you should look as a child as a girl I remember receiving a lot of positive attention for like being cute or for being pretty or for having beautiful hair. I remember people used to like comment on my hair a lot. So it was, it was really long and I don't know. I can't even remember. I'm like, don't even know why people liked it, but people liked it. And so I associated being pretty and having nice physical attributes with getting attention and attention is what every single child needs. We all need attention. Like that's that's the only way we like that's what we thrive off that's how we it's like food for our psychology and I remember feeling really ugly as a teenager just because like that was such an awkward phase for me <laughs> it was so difficult like just handling my the hormones and my body changing and having a complete lack of emotional and psychological support from my family, from, from the members in my family who were not able to offer me any kind of support. And I think that's what manifested when, oh, how do I say this? I manifested a habit that when I feel unsafe or unmet or not well in the world, I project that into becoming extremely critical of myself. And it was it was like a coping mechanism, a really unhealthy one that I developed because my needs weren't being met. 
And the only reason I could figure that figure out why my needs weren't being met was because there was something wrong with me. And so I would become hypercritical of myself. And it's a pattern I've had to work on my entire life. And I still am not perfect, but I'm aware of it. And then getting older, like definitely there were, there were times in my life where I felt beautiful, but not in comparison to other people because that's impossible. Yeah. There are some people who are really genetically blessed in like across all cultures and across all skin tones and everything. Um, and they they stand out as beautiful. But there are definitely times that I felt beautiful for myself, in myself. And they didn't have so much to do with what I looked like, but how at peace I felt within myself. Mm. What about you? Thank you for sharing. Um it's kind of interesting when you said not compared to others because I feel the same like if I look at myself on a good day in the mirror and I'm like I I do feel beautiful it's when I it's actually when I compare myself to others that I don't mm. like yeah. if, if I if I look at other people and I'm like well compared to this person I'm not but then according to which measurement according to which standard right um I personally I I have a very yeah I think we all do in a way or most of us um <laughs> complicated relationship with that um I wasn't aware of my looks or beauty until I was eight years old or nine years old and then something really weird happened I it's like a poor memory of mine it's like Uh, it's burned in my brain um I was at home I uh, was living in a in a in a flat and I was playing in my room my door was open and I heard my mom my aunt and my grandma talk in the living room and they were chatting and I was I was I left my room to go and join them um and I stopped in the hallway because I heard my name I heard them talk about me and I was like I stopped in the hallway and I was eavesdropping. Like they couldn't see me. The door to the living room was open and I was in the hallway, like behind the wall. And I heard one of them saying, I don't know who it was. I don't remember if it was my grandma or my aunt. I don't even know if it was my mom. I don't think it was my mom, but who knows what my, my brain has done. <laughs> like if it's, um, I always think it was my grandma or my aunt. And anyway, one of them said, um, blah, blah, blah. They were talking about my cousins in Italy and me. And they were like, yeah, Nadia is, uh, is nice or cute or something, but she's not as beautiful as her cousin. And then she said the name. Um, and I And it's such a core memory. Like in that moment, something really like innocent and pure inside of me like the part that believed she was beautiful and she was good and she was perfect and everything it just completely cracked um and I was and I and it was like shame entered my life in that moment and I didn't have that before not consciously I do not remember thinking about what I looked like before that and it was then that I was like oh so wait, I'm not beautiful. Like I thought I was like as a child, you know, you're just like, yeah, I'm good. Mm -hmm. And then I heard that and everything changed. Um, and I felt ashamed that I'm not beautiful. And I wonder like, how did I even know how to feel ashamed about it? How did I, somehow I knew it was a bad thing. Like somehow I knew already like that, um, not being beautiful or not being as beautiful as blah blah uh is a bad thing and I think because it starts really early in childhood even when you're not aware of it with shows with movies with children's fairy tales where you know the ugly witch or um I was called a witch in school as a child because of my big chin and witches are always um like They, they are pictured like as these women with big chins or whatever. And when I laughed in in school and stuff, boys and, and other kids, they would tell me, oh, you look like a witch. Um, 
and the the good girls in the fairy tales or whatever they're like blonde and pretty and it's like all of these messages they start really early and somehow yeah that that was like a really fundamental shift where suddenly I felt oh I'm not good enough I'm not beautiful enough uh, and now I have to try and keep up um, and I think that at least how I remember it that moment for me started a lifelong quest for beauty um, and ultimately acceptance um, which is so messed up that we try to do that through like our appearance right but yeah and I've, I've tried it in my work um, like with photography I translated that desire for beauty into photography but also into my life like everything around me has to be beautiful and I put flowers everywhere and like the way I have my house and stuff I just need to have that around me um if I couldn't have it in me like in myself in my own body then at least everything around me should be beautiful I think that's been the the mission um subconsciously that's really interesting what comes up for me when I hear you say that is can't it be both like you bring the beauty within and without Hmm. yeah for sure because you can't recognize beauty without being beauty Mm. (laughs) yeah yeah it can definitely be both um I mean that would be that's the ideal (laughs) um and I think there's something true about that sentence I don't know who said it but it's similar to what you just said that if you if you um if you are beauty like if you have it inside of you you see it everywhere like you see it in everything around you you see it in other people um it, it's great when it's both it's just i guess it's not a consistent journey because of the <laughs> the place we live in the system we live in and um what we perceive like beauty is and i don't know it's all like intertwined as well with with um uh male gaze with patriarchy and that validation you know what i realized this morning um not i didn't realize it this morning but i i've realized it before but i was thinking about it this morning um because i read something what did i read something about so oh, someone posted something about being watched by men while she was uh, running a marathon or something and she had like videos like that someone took and I and I thought yeah this is why I don't like going to the gym I don't like being looked at by men um and and if I've realized this before like I I have an issue with that like as well just being just being looked at which in itself might be um a sign of like trauma although it is it can be really uncomfortable being looked at by men uh in depending on the circumstance um and the event but how do you how do you this is such a huge topic um how has that manifested in your life like you know that beauty validation men Mm -hmm. all of that mess together I want to speak to it in two different ways. So one, something I dislike Mm. that I experienced since being really young is the way that I look not being enough in itself, like, oh, you're pretty or you're beautiful, whatever, but in relation to what I can give the world through that. So I remember being a teenager and my neighbor saying, oh, you're going to break so many hearts. And of course, like it was meant from a nice place, but it wasn't like, you're an attractive girl. Thank you for bringing beauty to the world. It was more like, you know, your the impact of the way you look mm-hmm. is going to have on men and la la. And then um, I think in my late third, no, 
early 30s or just turned 30, something like that. I was living in Amsterdam and I was going to this sort of like a spiritual meetup, which I found really fascinating because it was the first time in my life I'd found a group of people who spoke really authentically and honestly with each other. And we'd sort of have these sharing circles. And the guy who led this community, this group every week, I really respected him because he was an older man and um, I liked the way that he navigated. He was like in a leadership position, but he really gave the power to the group. And and I, I just liked the way he navigated it once. And one day he said to me something, basically something about my looks, but instead of being like, you're an attractive girl or whatever, he was like, you'll make beautiful babies. And I was like, why is my physical attributes not enough in themselves why is it about how I'm going to break hearts or how I'm going to have beautiful babies or how I'm going to like how this that I have this like weird collection of of DNA and genetics apply to what I'm going to give to the world makes me so angry Mm. like it's it's enough in itself you don't look at a flower and go oh you're going to make so many more beautiful flowers no you're just like you fucking beautiful flower and I love you Mm. (laughs) um and then on the other spectrum like when it comes to being looked at or catcalled or things like that I have chosen to redefine the way I perceive that and the way that I perceive it is that I am a walking piece of art and they are Neanderthals appreciating that art in the best way they can. I think it's the worst way they can. No, that's the best they've got. That's the best they've got. And that's fine. And you I'm can't. like, it works, but you can't touch. Goodbye. You don't find that disrespectful? No. Interesting. I do. I get so annoyed. Mm. I get really annoyed by just being catcalled on the street. I'm like, can I just walk past you without? And sometimes I already know when I walk past certain people, I already know, oh God, they're going to say something. Like I already, I just know. And then they do. And I'm like, fuck's sake. (laughs) Um, I really, I don't know. It really bothers me. Um, I don't know. I don't like it. What about the unobtainable standards of beauty that we feel like we need to live up to? What do you think the standards are for you? And why do you think you have them? Or why do you think you've learned them? Um, the sta- what, what I think the standards are for me? Well, um, not not so much just for me, but... This is going to end in nine minutes, so we'll have to start restart it, it again. Because <laughs> um, you can, if you don't pay for Zoom, you have to, you you only have, I think, 45 minutes or 40 minutes, I think. Um, but so the beauty standards for me, or not so, not just for me, but what just what I see in the world, uh, on social media, around me um, at the moment is or just in general it's it's changed so much over the years so growing up I was growing up in Germany in the 90s as an immigrant so most people around me most kids were blonde and blue-eyed um there were a few of us immigrants that looked different that you know we had like dark hair um there was one black family in our village and that was it like we were like the the ones that stuck together against everyone else that was blonde and blue eyed um and growing up in the 90s which yeah you probably um you probably know even you even though you grew up in a different country it was all about um being thin um it was like the era of the supermodels that came up and they were super super super, super like extremely thin um and that was that was the the beauty standard uh back then and I never fit in, into that growing up and I and I wasn't looked at as desirable or attractive growing up at all uh next to my peers in school and everyone my age um 
and then and that was that was really like the kind of the same even 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 if they change a little bit over time the the theme throughout is always thin like thin is the golden ticket whatever the rest of you looks like but as long as you're thin and then it changed a few years ago I'm not sure I want to say 10 years ago or something maybe less I don't know exactly <laughs> the timelines with the Kardashians and like mainstreaming body types that in in one way have been around for a long time like but you know a, a long time it's not that the Kardashians were the first ones to have like you know bigger butts or you know big lips they did appropriate a lot of like how black women look um and kind of um made it mainstream and made it popular through their show and so on and then uh, but also that look is not 100% natural either. Like it's very sculpted, very, you know, doctored <laughs> because naturally there are very, very, very few women who actually look like that with with those specific curves and that body. You know, yeah, you get women who look similar, but that extreme is doctored um, for sure. So um, they took they took a racial stereotype and like doctored it and made it mainstream and then for the last few years, this has been like a big beauty standard. And you see everywhere suddenly on social media, everyone with the same body type, with the same lips, with the same hair and all of it. And people have said to me, oh, yeah, you you have you can't really talk, speak on this because you fit that beauty standard. And I'm like, mm, I only fit that beauty standard right now at the moment. Like I didn't for years, my whole life. For over three decades, I didn't. And suddenly, um, even with living in the UK, which is different from like Germany um, and, and the beauty standards there, like suddenly I do fit into a little bit of the beauty standard. And now it's changing again. <laughs> what is it changing to? It's changing back to thin. And like the, the media calls it heroin chic. Um, to be like really really thin um, which is a terrible name heroin shake like as if you're like on drugs and um, terrible name for it but um, the Kardashians most of the models actually got there by sniffing lots of cocaine and yeah not <laughs> yeah and like again the Kardashians uh, they called it like they're going back to whiteness quote-unquote and they're like slimming down taking out the implants losing weight dyeing their hair blonde and like uh, doing this yeah yeah um yeah. and actually in this book that I referenced to they they talk about how uh, throughout history the people that have influenced and changed the beauty standards are always the people in power and with money um and that is interesting how yeah that kind of now with social media is so much easier to like get that get those messages out even in a subtle way um and so now the the standard is changing again and as a woman you have the body you have right you have the face you have and unless you spend millions on changing that through surgery that's what you are and you can't keep um changing your body and your face every five or ten years according to whatever is on trend right now that is the really insane and exhausting part. Mm -hmm. And it's not helpful because as we've already discovered, changing, changing our external appearance doesn't change how we feel within. Mm -hmm. And what we all really want to feel is beautiful and content and self-accepted and accepted by others, which has nothing to do with whether you have implants or not or whatever else it is yeah do you think have you ever done something to change um on on your appearance that you thought would have a certain impact on you but it didn't no I mean I haven't changed anything the only thing I did was um I noticed my bottom teeth started crowding like five or six years ago and so I got retainers to keep them straight yeah <laughs> that's it and like it was I was 
it definitely makes me feel better because I'm weird about teeth, but I don't think it's changed my self-esteem. It's just, yeah, it just felt like the right thing to do and I'm happy with it. Mm. How about you? Mm, yeah, I mean, loads of things, a lot of things that I do, like, I don't know, wearing makeup or, um, and that does sometimes help me, you know, feel like, okay, I can tackle today or I can do this thing, you know, um, if I look in the mirror, but um I, when I was 30, I lost 30 kilos. Um, I did, I did like this fitness journey and like changed my diet and stuff. And I lost so much weight. And suddenly everyone everywhere kept telling me, oh my God, you look so beautiful. You look so beautiful. You look amazing. And did you feel that? Hmm? Did you feel that as well? So in the beginning I did. It felt good, um, even though the reasons for me doing that, it was interesting. I think a huge part of me going on this journey was because I was trapped in a bad marriage and I couldn't change that and I didn't have the control um, to change like the other person, <laughs> my ex-husband. So it was like the only, th I guess I can control myself and like, um, and I can control my body. So I, I went on that journey. I think that was a huge part of it. But I did feel good about it at first. But then it started shifting. It was like weird when everyone kept telling me how I look, how good I looked um, all the time. In people who met me in person and then online as well. When I showed up on camera, um, on social media, it wasn't about the content anymore. It wasn't about what I was saying or putting out, or people were just commenting on how I looked. And it started messing with my head. I think people think it's all like positive, but it wasn't because I, I started feeling like really weird about myself. Like all my worst fears were confirmed. Like, so you didn't think then basically that before I looked beautiful because before you didn't tell me I looked beautiful. Now suddenly you're telling me. Um, so it confirmed my worst fears. Like you have to look a certain way to be loved and accepted or praised or celebrated or whatever. Um, so it was, it, it really fucked up my head. Um, it wasn't, it wasn't exactly what everyone thinks or expect it would be. And I think people who have been uh, through something like that, they, they will understand, they will know, um, that it it can feel really messy um, and actually not not positive. That's something that I find really challenging on social media as someone who uses the platform for business and my messaging is very much um, personal self-awareness and psychology-based, which has nothing to do with the way you look, <laughs> um, but the way you think and the way you feel, which... I personally weigh it as more important because actually the way you think and the way you feel also then affects the way you look. Um, but the posts where I show my body, where I show my legs, where I talk about my clothes or about makeup, like, and these are fun things to sometimes talk about, but like that's not the main thing of my message. Always garner so much more engagement than the things that I like. I really value. I find beautiful or important. I remember like traveling to Florence a few years ago and posting a picture of this beautiful building. Like this, just it was this beautiful building. And mm -hmm. then a day later, I posted a picture of me. And like you know, I'm attractive. That's fine. But like, I don't think I don't look at pictures and go like, mm, "That's so beautiful." The way that I do when I see a beautiful building, I'm like, "Wow, that's beautiful." Whereas it's a picture of me, I'm like, "Yes, that's me." And the difference in engagement, it was like crazy to me. I'm like, "Why can't? Why doesn't the thing that I think is really beautiful, for example, this tree or this building or whatever, not receive the same amount of attention as a picture of me?" Mm -hmm. And I know part of it is just human connection. Like we want to see another human in the screen and we connect in that way. But like, it's so superficial. It's all about the surface level. And that makes me angry. Yep. Yeah, same. I 100% agree. And I've been through that same process as well. I always do. You just know that if you post your face, 
it's going to do so much better, right? Um, than a picture of whatever it is, your work or, you know, yeah, if you see a beautiful building or even writing, you just know your face will always skyrocket. Um, and that really is frustrating in a way. Um, especially, yeah, if it looks a certain way and stuff, it's it's just so, so frustrating. And I do wonder, like, you know, what you said about, you know, you because you you your work is about the inner world and you know if you feel good and it's it's not about the way you look obviously i think the way you look does influence how you feel right um we all know this um how you feel influences how you look yes it's like this cycle and and there are you know obviously um i do believe yeah if if you know, wearing makeup or if you need surgery somewhere and you feel like that will make you feel better, then, you know, do it. Um, it's your body. It's your feelings. Um, you have to have the maturity to kind of dissect what's going on and take decisions, you know, that are good for you. Um, however, I do wonder with the, you know, look good, feel good philosophy. I do wonder that that really just exists because of our society because if we didn't have those standards let's just just a random example i don't know having like a thin nose i i was called by my parents by the way they gave me the that they brought that nickname into the world i was called potato nose when i was a child um just as an example you have to have a thin nose so um then people who don't have a thin nose, you know, might get like a nose job uh, or to get rid of the the arch on their nose or whatever, you know, to, to have like a straight nose, whatever. And and then they feel better and then they feel more confident and they move different through the world, right? So this is how that logic works. But if we didn't have those standards, whatever our nose looks like or our legs or our butt or our eyes or our hair, we would just feel confident we we wouldn't feel that um that that shame around how we look or that um inferiority or whatever because those standards wouldn't exist and then we would just be confident whatever exactly. whatever we look like so that whole philosophy of oh yeah but if it makes you feel good th the only reason that exists is because of the world we live in because of the standards that exist when in fact every i i genuinely believe that every single human when they are well loved and have the space and time to evolve and develop in their own innate way is incredibly beautiful if we were all just left alone as in like not um hampered by beauty mm -hmm. standards mm -hmm. if we were just left to grow and evolve into ourselves as we do I think every single human being would be spectacularly beautiful in their own unique way mm -hmm. yeah we'll just have yeah we will just all look different I mean we all do look different um we would look like ourselves yeah like and ourselves and it would be like this this amazing variety of different humans where somewhat sometimes it's funny on even walking outside on the street or on social media you feel like a lot of people look the same like the same faces and it's not really you can't really distinguish um between <laughs> between people sometimes and um and that's because of um fucking patriarchy and how we live and it's almost like literally an act of revolution and rebellion to just not participate in that. But we all do in some way. We all do. Yeah. Why? Because we have to exist in this world. Yeah. Well, also because for me anyway, when, one thing that I notice is when you're perceived as attractive, you're given more opportunities. How have you... I I totally agree. And I know that's a thing. Um, and we don't talk about pretty privilege enough. It's really awkward for people to talk about because they want to be like, no, but I earned this. How have you perceived that? How have you, how has that manifested in your life? It can be as simple as 
the difference between how someone treats you. So I could walk into a store and someone hold the door open for me and the other person they wouldn't hold the door for. I've seen that happen. Yeah. And no one like no, no one deserves it more or less than anyone else. Yeah. And or like when I need services, I make an effort, especially if I know there's going to be men like a mechanic, to dress in a nice way, not revealing, but nice. Mm-hmm. So that they're like, oh, they I want to help you because I can see the difference that when someone doesn't, they don't help you in the same way. Yeah, that's what I was going to say as well. It's how you're dressed as well. Like if I go out to my corner shop in sweatpants and like in pajamas or whatever really quick, um, it's different from if I dress up and go somewhere. The service mm-hmm. is different, how people speak to you, is different, especially men, how men speak to you and and how they... yeah that is crazy isn't isn't it like so they're... basically I know that if I want to receive the service slash support such slash help slash opportunities that I want I can increase the capacity of that happening by making an effort to be attractive mm. And it's kind but of also not too attractive because what I another thing I notice is if you're wearing too much makeup or if you're wearing too tiny an outfit, then the opposite can happen a little bit as well. Or like especially with men, they feel intimidated or overwhelmed. <laughs> yeah, or they they it goes the other way where you you then like they put you in a box or you're this kind of woman or whatever because you're you're dressed too revealing or you're too attractive or you you know like the stereotype of the dumb blonde or whatever like it's it's insane that we have to play along with these games but they do exist and I find it interesting another thing that um was mentioned in this book <laughs> I love how <laughs> sorry I just keep mentioning this book was uh when it comes to pretty privilege that we forgive pretty people easier and quicker and we can't fathom because of that narrative of childhood that ugly means mean mm-hmm. and pretty, good and evil. yeah good and evil yeah good and evil and the pretty is innocent that we cannot fathom a pretty a beautiful person being behind bars and being in prison and like there's a few of these things examples where uh, I don't know if you've seen that on social media in the last few years where this this guy, he became a model. He was in prison and his mugshot went viral because he was like so handsome and he, he became a model. He was hired by Topshop and by different, I don't know. And, and when he came out of prison, he got like a contract and he's a model now. <laughs> and it's, um and people were like, really compassionate and even like when certain serial killers are in prison and they get love letters and and fan mail by people who like are trying to understand them and have compassion and it's that thing of well a good looking person can't be that bad it's impossible and that's that happens in the workplace or like in the in the in public spaces it um uh online it it happens everywhere and it Mm -hmm fucking annoying (laughs) yeah yeah and I don't know how to unravel that one Mm. I really don't because I am a person who's attracted to attractive people I like having beautiful friends Mm. and then I can give you a really weird example so like here in Mallorca where I live I think most of my friends are very attractive and maybe I'm biased because I care about them and they're my friends but I genuinely think they're all quite attractive humans when I went to attractive see to what to who attractive to what standard you know in on the social standard they're beautiful mostly women they're all attractive women that's to what you think is beautiful though yes yeah and then I, when I went to visit a friend of mine in Portugal who's also very attractive very beautiful Swedish girl she introduced me to a whole group of her friends who were very rugged and rough and non-feminine and in my perspective not as attractive not attractive women obviously completely lovely sweet wonderful human beings but I com- definitely noticed why I was like whoa like I wouldn't I wouldn't I'm 
attracted to attractive people again like what you the attractiveness that you I, yeah what i perceive as attractive but you perceive yeah. as attractive so 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 then like the women who don't go with these standard typical feminine beauty standards you don't find them attractive basically yeah yeah well, That's interesting. And I guess it's like, we all are attracted to something. We all have our attractions and preferences. I just think that all of us have to do the work to challenge why we feel those things, where that mm -hmm. comes from, because we're not born with innate attractions. Or with judgment, because what that is, is judgment. It's judgment. Yeah, we're not born like that. It's judgment, exactly. Yeah. So where does that come from? And how do we unravel it? Yeah a lot of challenging ourselves and questioning I think well thank you for being honest about that that's um amazing and I love having these really blunt conversations um I think this is I think this conversation is not over <laughs> I think we have we'll have to do a part two um and kind of yeah explore that more I mean there's so much to say about this um and so much to to challenge and question um and I don't know if we can yeah if we can make an actual change because we all want you know for example we want good service you know we want to be treated well and therefore if we know oh yeah if I do this if I look this way I'll be treated better then we're going to do it so how do we how do we fight that right um think this is yeah, not do we give up good service or do we give up <laughs> mm, yeah living to beauty standards I mean neither or do we have sit down and have a conversation with the mechanic about beauty standards <laughs> but is that going to make any difference because yeah. it's so built in yeah who knows I mean I guess information and education can make a difference because when you know something then you can start thinking about it but I feel like yeah, this conversation is not over, right? Right. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna continue, and it'd be great to hear um, like questions and thoughts of people. Um, Actually, speaking of, I know we've got a really amazing email address that everyone can email to. What's that again? A really amazing email address. <laughs> it's a it's a normal email address, but it's um very simple. It's called the same name as the podcast actually this is not advice at gmail.com it's um, more attractive than other email addresses so you have to email to it <laughs> yes email us there with your thoughts and questions but we're going to activate as well on spotify the question sticker so you can actually write questions on spotify and or a comment and and comment your thoughts on this whole shebang <laughs> until next time Goodbye. Goodbye.